Thanks to your support, The Productive Woman, The Audacity to Podcast, and Once Once Upon a Time Podcast are finalists in the 11th Annual People's Choice Podcast Awards. Thank you very much. Please show your continued awesomeness by voting for our podcast every day, May 29th through June 12th. For quick instructions, our endorsements, and voting reminders, please go to noodle.mx slash podcast awards. And thank you for your amazing support. Episode 160, X-Men Apocalypse. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello and welcome to another episode of Welcome to Level 7. And this episode, this particular episode that you're listening to right now is not part of the MCU. But it is a big blockbuster Marvel movie that has come out. X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, And so we decided, you know what? It's summer. We're going to throw caution to the wind. Devote a whole episode to this movie. We've done it before. We'll do it again, I'm sure. And so here we are. And by we, I mean me. Uh, Ben, Ben Avery, who you know if you've listened to the podcast, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, I'm a comic book writer and a comic book reader and a comic book fan and a comic book collector, and I really like the MCU and all the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff that Disney does. I've been joined not by Agent Daniel or Agent Evan. Um, I've been joined by... Uh, ben Bidwell. Ben, the clone Ben. Um mm. Evil, evil universe, Ben. Whoa! No, I hope not. No, okay. Uh, Earth two, Ben. That's a could could be if I if All I go right. a little more DC. Yeah, so we're we're two Bens here to talk about Marvel. Ben Bidwell, Mar- uh, your Twitter account is Ben Marvels at Marvel. That's correct. And and so that's actually how we first connected with you, uh, yeah. Daniel and I through your Twitter and and communicating with us over the direct messaging on Twitter and also um, some Facebook posts and and things like that. And you sent in some feedback and we needed someone to talk about this movie and, and, and and I thought he, you know, when he brought up your name, he was bringing up my name, but (laughs) um, he actually pulled a Colson on me on a Facebook. He, um, he just kind of casually asked me if I was going to see the movie and then he just dropped "Welcome to Level 7 on me, like he was uh, Colson stepping out of the shadows. So that w- that was very entertaining for me. It kind of shocked me. So that was pretty fun. Yeah, you know, it, we're kind of in a weird place right now, and uh, <laughs> Daniel and I are—he's super, super busy. I'm pretty busy, and so the the whole scheduling thing—it's—it's um, it's in a weird place. And yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of different places and people we can we could bring in um we've appreciated your feedback though and that's really really what it comes down to is um we we appreciated your feedback you've expressed some interest and i'm already going to be talking about this movie with evan on another podcast and i'm thinking you know i already co-host a podcast with evan i don't want every single time that daniel's (laughs) not part of it to be evan not that he's the he's not a bad guy you know he's, he's he's a good guy but uh well, I told my I told my wife, see all those tweets, they they went somewhere. I, I see, I made it. So. I, if this has made it, 
Oh, I'm. It's I'm scary. Sorry. I know. I, I know. apologize to your wife for me, please. I'm, I'm lowering the standards here, so I have to. I have to say, hey, this is making it okay. This is something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll I'll accept that it's something. Yes, it's something. Yeah, yeah, it's something. Uh, so, I I I don't know you very well. Our listeners yeah. may not know you, although they should follow you on Twitter because you do make comments about Marvel and and that kind of thing every once in a while, right? No, normally useful comments. Normally, yeah. and and I do live tweet on the West Coast time if uh, uh, Marvel's Agents of Shield. So if anyone is interested in that show that obviously listens to your podcast, they can always follow me there too. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. What, and when I say a little bit about yourself, I, we don't need the personal details right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean the important stuff, you know, comic book stuff, the, <laughs> w- yeah. what, what's your experience with Marvel? I mean, when I say experience, I don't mean like what makes you an expert because none of us are experts. We're just talking about the stuff because we enjoy the stuff, you know? Yeah. Uh, what I, what I mean is, uh, what's your history? What, why? I mean, your Twitter handle has yeah. the word Marvel twice in it. <laughs> So uh, what what is it that makes you do that? What what do you it like? Almost, it almost sets me up for failure if I don't know everything. I, I, and I don't know everything, so I'll start there. Um, I think for me, uh, my age, I'm I'm in my mid thirties, so I'm, I'm a little bit younger than, than than you and Daniel. Yeah. yeah. So um, I watched the X Men cartoon. That was kind of really. Uh, it came out when I was about about ten or eleven, I think, and and I think that really kind of started me on thinking more about these things deep, deeper. I had an older brother and I have a friend who's about two years older than me who are, who are also interested in, in, in comics. My brother, he, he, did, he was more into the, the, the sci-fi, harder sci-fi like uh, Doctor Who, things like that. So I didn't really follow him down that route. But um, my other friend, he was really interested in Hulk because his, um, his father was interested in the, the Hulk car, um, TV show. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where... Where it first started, and then I started. Start, at that time, it was a, I guess, kind of like a renaissance in in, in collecting comic books. So a lot of people started collecting comics at that time. Some were doing it um, for the love. Some were doing it for the money. Trying to everyone was trying to. That's I think at that time Marvel start releasing everything number one again. Start rebooting things, and and everyone was chasing that number one. Yeah, thinking yeah. that was going to be, um, you know, the million dollar copy again. But off, <laughs> that would put your put you through college or your kids. Exactly. Yeah. But then, of course, they dropped the number one like every five months or so. So that was kind of silly. Um, so I, I, I was collecting. I started collecting some X-Men comic books at that time. But um, I didn't have a lot of funds at that, at, at, for that time. So what I, what I had done even before I started comics, I was into baseball cards, trading cards. And so um, I, got to, I started, really started collecting the, um, the Marvel trading cards. And this is before Wikipedia and all the different wikis out there. And it was a way that you got the origin story of almost all the comic book characters so I, I collected Marvel Masterpiece. That was kind of where I started. And on the back, they had um, character bios and just like kind of like when they started. Um, and then they had the other ones like the, um, the X-Men um, trading card. And, and X-Men is all about the classes, you know, so like, is this a class whatever mutant? And they would have okay. the powers ranked. And uh, that was really helpful because when you read the comic book, and it's all about, especially X-Men, it's all about the teams. It's like, how are the teams composed? Like this power bounces this power, this one negates that power, and it's all about how they're composed. Where you can kind of, as a reader, judge whether or not this how this battle might go, and or oh, this would be an interesting matchup, this person versus that person, and so that's kind of where I got started. And I, I kind of put it down for a while when I was in, like later on in high school, where I, I wasn't collecting, but I was always keeping keeping in touch. I, I was a, always a general um, sci-fi fan, 
And um, you know, I was really excited when um, when Blade came out. That was that was actually a really um, fun movie because it was a little more grounded. And so that's where I kind of picked back up a little bit in. But really, when um, when when X Men, the first X Men movie came out, um, it really it really it really touched me in a way because I'm always interested in the world building and whichever sci fi that I'm in. And that was really the first kind of the superhero genre movie that really tried to build a universe beyond a singular hero. So you had Superman or Batman or even Spider-Man, but they were, they were small. It was either them and then like an, uh, a villain that was the exact opposite of them. And they battled that person in a very localized area. But X-Men movie being successful, the first one, it really showed me that, uh, that you could do something in a bigger universe. So that's kind of, kind of like up until that X movie. I mean, obviously, there's more things I could talk about, but that's kind of a, a quick way in that connects it to the X Men. There's other things too that are adjacent to that, but it's an abridged version. Yeah, yeah. Well, and they, I feel like they were referencing that movie in 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 X Men Apocalypse. Well, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it, it felt like we were just going back to the beginning. Uh, well, there's a lot of, especially the cage fight, and oh yeah, you know, that, that makes you think of um, the Wolverine. Um, you know, when he was in Alaska, and there's a there's a lot of. Well, anyway, I don't want to get too far into the movie. Yeah. I have very harsh criticism for the ending of this movie, um, especially in compared to X Men. So, um, <laughs> well, we'll and, that here. and, and okay. I, I should warn people now: we will be spoiling the movie. Um, <laughs> yes. We, oh, we, yeah. I don't, I don't you, you mentioned those. the cage. The, you know, yes. that's yes. toward yes. the beginning. If you've yes. gotten this far and you haven't seen the movie yet, though, we are going to be talking in great detail, um, mm. or maybe not great detail, but in good detail. I don't know. I but, certainly hope they didn't download the podcast just to hear my introduction. That would have been very <laughs> sad. But we're going to be talking about this movie, and we are going to be um, we're going to be spoiling it. So, so just fair warning if you haven't seen. X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, I'm going to say briefly, um, if you like the other X-Men movies, go see this movie because you'll enjoy it, uh, I think. But uh, beyond that, um, I don't know if you have anything really vague to add to that, but that's probably my vaguest uh, possible recommendation or non-recommendation to make right now. I think I I slightly, slightly, a little bit of a slight change on that. If you, if you, Depends on how much you like the X Men movies. If you actually take the X Men universe that they created in the previous movie seriously, you might have some really strong feelings about this movie. But I think if you're just uh, into you know seeing the powers and, and seeing the costumes and, and that type of thing that you haven't really seen in the previous movies, you'll definitely enjoy it. All right. But yeah, there's some there's some universe things there about that they've built that I have some. Oof, I don't know. Hard <laughs> well, to recommend. Hard to recommend for an X Men fan. Well, let's 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 get into it. So from yeah. this point on, uh, everything's on the table and we're going to be talking about anything and everything we feel like talking about. We're not going to hold back on any spoilers. Watch out. So, uh, yeah. So here's the story so far. We've had we had the, the original trilogy, which took us through that timeline. And then we oh, had oh. well, oh. and then we had the X-Men Origins Wolverine. Yep. Which was kind of a flashback episode. If you're talking, you know, if you're thinking of this in in terms of of a, of a series, okay. Uh, and then from there, we went into X Men. Well, it was just Wolverine. Was it the Wolverine? 
Hmm. I think that, it had, is that the one in Japan? Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah, the Wolverine. Yeah, I think it's the Wolverine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's the Wolverine. Uh, which ended with the promise of, of. Uh, well, wait. Did we have first class before that? Hmm. I've it's hard to remember. Before. But first class is you know we're also going back in time. Flashback with that. Um, the Wolverine was moving things forward in the timeline, which took us into yeah that took us into Days of Future Past. Yeah, it does connect to Future Past. Right? Yeah, yeah, because of Patrick Stewart and mm-hmm. the end, the, and the post credit, and the Trask Industries uh, post credit. Yeah. And so then from there we do the time travel shenanigans. Yeah. Which they go back in time and they reset things after 1960, whatever. And so <laughs> first class happened, but everything after that is different now. A slight, a slight derail here. I have to ask you a quick question. Yeah, yeah. Um, in terms of time travel, now I, I think Singer's even said that this is supposed to be now. They're all in a complete different alternate timeline. Do, do you, your views on time travel, do you think that they've actually destroyed the previous universe from the original trilogy? And then like, that universe is now destroyed completely? Well, they did the time travel? Possibly. I mean, there's not the same kind of thing like with, I mean, they did the same kind of thing they did with Star Trek, I feel. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Using instead of Spock, using Wolverine, okay. and so with with Star Trek, that kind of created a second universe, a new universe. A new universe, yeah. But um, and I'm so glad you brought this up so that I could torture Daniel with some Star Trek <laughs> talk. But um, I'm actually a Trekkie, so we can definitely talk. <laughs> all right, about all right. Trek, so so, um, so you I'm have that you have that second universe, but to me, then with Spock being that connective tissue. The old universe stuff ends up becoming like Spock's story, you know, and so, so are you saying that Spock and Wolverine are like the same? Well, they're used for the same purpose. The difference is in the X-Men universe, it's quite possible that that original trilogy universe mm-hmm. doesn't exist anymore. Spock it's, and Wolverine also don't age very quickly either. So that helps in the time travel. Absolutely. But here's the thing. X-Men Days of Future Past ends with Wolverine waking up present day. Mm-hmm. Everything is A-OK. He's lived his life, but up until that point, yeah. he couldn't remember his previous yeah. life, and now he can. Like That's the way I kind of took that ending of Days of Future Past, is that when he woke up that day that lined up with the day where things happened in Days of Future Past, he still remembers all of the original trilogy. Kind, and, kind of a geeky, geeky point here. It's like, it makes me think that everyone who lived their life during that universe is now been destroyed. Like All those other people yeah. had perfectly fine lives. We're okay with the future. Anyway, so they were they were all they didn't ask the X Men to destroy the universe, but they did, and to you know, fix yeah, them. yeah, but they they helped other people, you know. It's, they did help enough people. Know. I'm sure maybe a net positive. So, but I was what I was wondering is how is this super powerful villain mm-hmm. Apocalypse? Yeah, how did he not show up in that original timeline? And yeah. they yeah. addressed it nicely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically. Moya, Moira, I was, I'm, I'm going to say it Moira wrong. T- McTaggart. Say it with confidence. That's what Daniel said. <laughs> Moira, Moira McTaggart wouldn't have gone in there. If she hadn't gone in there and left the door open, nothing would have happened in this movie. Wow. So like, that's, that's the whole, that's the whole key to everything. I, I think it is. I mean, the sunlight that came through because she left the door open <laughs> is what activated Apocalypse. And so Kids in the always ar- close the door. Listen to your parents. Close Seriously. the door when you're going out the house. When you're going to a sp- strange cave, always close the door. Were you raised in a barn, Moira? I mean, <laughs> come on. Uh, and so in the original 
trilogy universe, the reason Apocalypse never woke up, the door was never left open. It's very, very simple. And it's it actually, for me, it actually, I mean, it sounds kind of silly the way I'm saying it, yeah. but it was it answered a huge question for me. Because yeah. it's the same thing, you know, going back to Trek, you have the two timelines. And yeah. so all the stuff that happened in the original Star Trek, all that stuff was going to happen in the other timeline, but slightly different. Yeah. And so why didn't Apocalypse happen in the other, you know, it, I liked it. Still, he's still sleeping. He's still sleeping. He was still asleep until the universe was destroyed in Days of Future Past <laughs> for this new timeline where he was able to wake up. So, Unforeseen hey. consequences of saving the one universe. Yeah, yeah, I... I was very glad the way they woke him up and the way that they brought it out. And I did have flashbacks. You say you're a Trekkie. I'm not sure where all of your geek uh, proclivities lie, let's say. But yeah. um, are you into Stargate at all? Definitely Stargate too, yes. If it had a star in front of it, I'd probably have watched it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had flashbacks. I felt like I was in Stargate at the beginning of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, with the pyramid and oh, yeah, yeah. it was just missing some uh, some Gawood references and um, yeah, it was some you know things popping out of people's bellies and I... transferring from one to another. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> that's that's the only thing they were. I was actually that actually probably would have made more sense than what they were doing. But anyway, I, I don't know. I don't understand all the tech that they were using. Um, uh, they, they, I think it's meant to be just kind of organic mutant tech. Like that's uh, apocalypse uh, stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's just cool. I mean, I, in the comic book, obviously, there's like this alien tie-in and all of this technology, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, obviously, it's on <laughs> it's on a different thing. So you're just some solar powered uh, advancement that they had. So sometimes we do a, a plot uh, synopsis. I think the plot synopsis here, if you've seen the movie and you're listening now to kind of the commentary about it that we're having, um, yeah. I don't know how much into detail we need to get into, other than. Apocalypse has been awakened and now he's going to take over the world. And how is he going to do that? He's going to use the mutants that we've come to know and love and some new ones uh, to create his four horsemen of the apocalypse and to use their powers amplified to either keep people away from him. So he's got fighters on his side or to uh, destroy the earth or raise the earth rather Um by using Magneto. And so uh, Professor X and his young mutants are going to have to stop this from happening. And it's big. It's global. It's definitely a time period thing. I, I love period pieces. Yeah. And I grew up in the 80s. I mean, I I am. I'm, I'm 41 right now. And so 1983 was like, that, I mean, that was Return of the Jedi, right? I mean, that's... <laughs> This was this is when I was right the in the, the right in the <laughs> time where that, yeah. yeah it's totally oh and there's your uh, uh wow what a in universe meta textual <laughs> yeah. reference there though the third one is always the worst oh man which we'll get to it at the end I think we're gonna rank the the X Men movies and see uh, where this one lies in this now library of X Men movies. But um, it's getting there. Yeah, the third one, X three is not a fan favorite. So, no. Um, but I mean, I love that it was a period piece, and that's that's fun. I I've enjoyed going through the decades. Um, I'm not excited about a '90s X Men. 
to be honest. It's going to be a lot more colors, that's for sure. Yeah. It'll be very colorful. Well, a lot more flannel. And, uh, yeah, uh, I guess it does depend on which setting or what part of the 90s and which setting. It'll yeah, be. yeah. I, I look back at the 90s. That's, that's you know, I graduated high school and went to college. And yeah. end of the 90s, I was married and, okay. you know, trying to, to live a life of, you know, work a day, support my family, all that stuff, end of the 90s. And so that... I really wasn't a part of pulp culture so much, um, at least as far as fashion. And so, of course, I've never been a part of real fashionable. <laughs> but um, yeah, not not so excited about the whole grunge flannel kind of thing going on. But, uh, I think I think Wolverine can get that, but I don't know about anyone else. It'll look a little it'll look a little weird if, if you saw um, <laughs> uh, you know Scott Summers in flannel. It's just I don't know something wrong there. I just don't see it. Of course, I say all that, and and truth is, I. I wear quite a bit of flannel now. There's, there's nothing wrong with flannel. There's nothing wrong with flannel. Well, I, I, yeah. Let's just say it's 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 a fashion choice that I've made, and I live with it, and I stick with it. So, uh, so story story wise, I think this might be where we can talk a little bit about some of your problems with uh, with the timeline or the, you know, you you, you mentioned that there were some issues that you had as far as. Um, liking previous movies that you might not like some some of the elements of this movie what are you what are you talking about with that uh, i think i think there's a level of um brutality and violence of, oh yeah um, I, mean, I mean especially with the opening scene I mean, people are getting crushed by rocks things like that but but even even a separate from that i, I mean are we going to skip all the way to the end or just bring up what, what, any parts whatever you know we're, we're, we don't need to go in order i don't want to <laughs> okay perfect because yeah. uh, with, a, with a movie like this yeah uh, it, we, it deserves its own episode, but it doesn't need to be as long as, say, a Winter Soldier episode or something like perfect, that. So. Perfect. Okay. So, well, I'll, I'll just reference back to the the first X Men movie, and at the very end of the first X Men movie, you know, obviously the it's very iconic Magneto is locked into a plastic prison, and um, you know, end of the movie, um, or is it right? Um, <laughs> but you, if you think about what he was locked up for, he was locked up for basically putting on a light show in the middle of New York Harbor, and he didn't really hurt anybody, <laughs> but he was locked up completely. At the end of this movie. No matter how you, even though they stopped the villain, they they pretty much destroyed the planet with earthquakes for at least. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm in California, so a five minute earthquake that would be pretty devastating, especially worldwide. So I know that they destroyed at least Cairo, and there was people in the buildings, and it was pretty. If you, I don't want to. I think about these things. Um, my uh, my college background is in a uh, city planning, so I think about these <laughs> things. These are these are highly dense uh, urban areas, full of millions of people. So, um, kind of like the the Man of Steel argument that people come up with, where there's buildings falling down, and you know there's people in them, and um, it's kind of horrific when you think about what the mutants, what the mutants did, and then how much culpability that they had, because it was, wasn't really explained exactly how Apocalypse was getting his four horsemen to follow along in his. Was it just through a seduction of increased powers, or was there some kind of? It wasn't like Hive, you know. Uh, sorry, no, spoiler no. for. It wasn't exactly a mind control thing. At least, I'm not sure. I mean, they went the white eye, so it wasn't really clearly exactly how he was controlling the four horsemen. But so anyway, at the end of the movie, you would have to have that. Magneto should have some kind of a consequence for possible, at, at minimum, having five to 15 minutes worth of earthquakes worldwide, where at least New York City was destroyed. And if New York City was destroyed, probably other places, because they're in Cairo. So if New York is being affected, you would assume everywhere is being affected. Um, well, and, and here's here's what I kind of picked up with that though was yeah. it was coastal, 
like okay. it was the as it's kind of like the magnetic power was starting kind of at the core of the earth. This is my my what I understood from uh, House of Cards scientist guy Okay, uh, okay. was starting at the core of the earth and it was coming out from there. And the places where there was water, the magnetic power was escaping more strongly and, and faster. And so it was, they were saying that it's going to, you know, places that are protected by land. So they're landlocked, landlocked you know, so places. continental, okay. those places, they're feeling it, but it's not quite as powerful. Unfortunately, so, most of human civilization lives next to water. So it, 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 <laughs> Cairo was destroyed anyway, I, for wait, sure. I think he would, he, but the way that the Magneto walked away from Xavier, they kind of had like a cute joke and he just kind of walked out the door. I don't know. It just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Well, but and, here's you're right, though, because Storm and Magneto both. Yeah, they were doing the stuff for Apocalypse. Yeah. And then they both chose to stop. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Magneto didn't shake any mind control. He comes down and starts attacking Apocalypse and Apocalypse says, you're a, you're betraying me. Yeah, because yeah, he Mag- had the helmet on. So obviously there was no. And I think the whole reason Apocalypse was trying to take over Xavier was to gain mind control. So yeah, it, yeah. It, just, it made it seem like they're, they were doing this on their own free will based on a seduction of increased power. That was kind of what I got at the end. And that leaves you very much guilty of at least disrupting people's lives possibly killing millions of people i don't really know because they didn't seem to care the director didn't seem to care who was in these buildings uh, we saw there was cars and we heard some screams but we didn't really see any blood but we, yeah it just we, it kind of bothered me a little bit um, compared to the other x-men movie this was on like a it wasn't against um, like strikers force it wasn't against it was against civilians it was against just normal people living their life and um, yeah, to have no consequences at the end of it, just seem, I don't know, just like a storm, just all of a sudden now the next movie going to be part of the X-Men. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm sorry you did something. I part of the X-Men now. Like, I don't know. Just I think kinda... she will be, I think she is, yeah. but she has a different, she had a different role to play. That's true. That's true. And so for storm, yes, she was going along with him. But then she started realizing you could see it. You could see the turn in her. Yeah, she definitely had a little bit of an arc there for sure. Yeah. When she saw, especially when she saw uh, Mystique change and that was a hero for her. And it definitely triggered something in her. Like I'm, I'm on the wrong side of this, of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, uh, Magneto had the same thing happen. I, I think of all of our character arcs that we have in this movie, yeah. his was both the strongest and the weakest. Uh, I didn't want him to turn. Mm. Yeah. Uh, because he, it didn't feel earned to me. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, it just felt like here I'm ready to, to perform genocide. Yeah. I mean, on here a, I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm ready to do any, you know, things worse, far worse than what were done to his family and his people, his, his, his race of, of people, the, the Jewish people in, by, with the Nazis. Mm-hmm. He was doing something far, far worse. Way worse. Way uh, worse. As far as the, the reach and the consequences. And, you know, I, I mean, you could say worse. I guess there is a level where you would stop yourself and say, well, murder is murder. Yeah. You know, and, and what they're doing is what they're doing. And does it matter if you kill people with a bomb or if you kill people with a different, you know, with a gun? You're still doing the same thing. It's just scale i guess and, and i think in most movies 
if a villain had actually accomplished what they did in the half accomplishment of their, it would have been, it's, it's devastating. They won. I mean, as far as, (laughs) as far as ultimate goal, yeah, there is far more rebuilding to be done than, Oh yeah. You know, in, in your typical, I mean, even man of steel, that was a localized battle. It was still one city, yeah, one city. I guess they had the the on the other side. I guess of the it was city, on the, the both sides too. of the planet. Yeah, yeah. Shaken, so two cities, two cities. But where it landed, it was kind of in a rural area. So really, it was only one large major. Anyway, I mean, but we're talking about how many fake lives died in this movie. Yeah. But I, but let's talk about the actual bodies, though. Yeah. Um, this yeah. you're right. This was a far more violent for a PG thirteen. I definitely. couldn't believe it was PG thirteen. Yeah, especially in uh, Alkali Lake, that was um, that was on another level. That was something <sighs> that definitely. I mean, Wolverine is hacking and spoiler slashing. Alert, Wolverine is in the movie. <laughs> well, we we talked about the spoiler <laughs> alert, but um, he is hacking, he is slashing, he is stabbing. We aren't seeing all of it. We're seeing the consequences of a lot of it, but we are seeing the blades go into yeah. people's bodies and we there's are on the wall. there's blood. There's definitely blood splatter on the wall. There's, yeah. there's definitely a level of violence. That's we are seeing shown. him make eye contact with victims. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're both on the screen together and you already mentioned at the beginning in Egypt. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, was a crushed. brutal fight. But when they were cutting open the guy that he was going to take the guy, the, one, yeah. the other guy's body and yeah. they're just cutting that. Yeah. I, I what? <laughs> like, um, I did half expect to see a was the gold. Uh, yeah, the little snake who's going to yeah to come out and be like, "Hey, man! <laughs> oh, there's my new body. I'm just going to jump into the mouth there." But um, yeah, I mean, in, in the final battle, they didn't show people dying. They showed people running. Yeah, they showed people running, and it was absolutely happening all over. Yeah, all over. Yeah. So, man, it, it's okay. I mean, it's it not okay. It, I mean, it's one thing to show it, but to to not have that consequence at the end, it does that. That's the part that bothers me more than than the because I mean, these blockbuster movies. When you think about what actually happens to people's lives when a alien spaceship comes down and blows up a statue or something, I mean, it's it's it, that would be horrible if it happened in real life. But uh, you know, obviously, in this kind of movie, you just want to see a, some kind of a con- consequence. Like, oh, you know, Magneto is sorry that it happened. I go into the prison, you know, like it's something like not left with a wink to Charles, like, Oh, I'll see you next time. It's just that, that does bother me. So, yeah. yeah. Now the other thing that, that kind of bothered <laughs> me was, I mean, he does just walk away, but Psylocke also walking away. Yeah, that felt yeah. cheesy to me. That felt cheesy. And, and it felt cheesier than the movie deserved. Yeah. Um, it felt, you know, when I was, when I was young, I read some book or some review somewhere about the original star Wars talking about Darth Vader flying away, like Ming the merciless to come back the next movie. And Mm. that stuck with me Mm. that, that Darth Vader escaped the way he did spoiler alert. He doesn't die (laughs) in the first star Wars movie. Um, but he, he escapes. And to me, when I read that it's, I started noticing it then in other things where, you know, Skeletor doesn't, He's he's not dead at the end of Masters of the Universe because it's the end, or is it? You know, and <laughs> that kind of thing. And with this, you know, I would have been fine. Just let us lose track of her 
and yeah. and then bring her back in the next movie if you're going to bring her back. Great. I almost thought that they were trying to imply that she had a some kind of a psychic connection with with an Apocalypse. Or there was something else. Um, I don't know. There was definitely something. Yeah, and then she obviously saw Jean Grey turn into the the Phoenix and all of that. So, and her being a, a I don't know. They didn't really focus on her psychic powers in this movie, but. She does have that ability, so maybe there was something there. I I don't know. Like they just left it kind of vague, and like you said, she just kind of walked off. And... Yeah, that I don't mind that she just kind of walked off. Let her. I mean, that's fine. Yeah. It's a yeah. perfect time for her to just walk off. Kind but of to good. make such a big deal about it, yeah, uh, it just felt like oh, okay. Yeah, she'll be in the sequel. Thank you for letting us know this. Oh, thank <laughs> you for letting us know again. Oh, you're yeah. cutting back to her again. <laughs> okay. Uh, I did like. Psylocke though I I liked her in this um she in the comics has a relationship with Archangel or mm-hmm. has at some times had a relationship with Archangel so it was fun that uh, having them together as as horsemen of the apocalypse yeah. um Archangel and and actually I should have asked you this earlier as, yeah. as kind of a getting to know you question Archangel is my favorite mutant okay he's he's my favorite mutant and I loved seeing him in X3. I didn't exactly like him in X3, but yeah. uh, it was cool to see him and to see his wings. And, and he's actually one of the better parts, really, of, of that movie. Yeah. Uh, from what I remember, it's been a long time since I've seen it. But kind of, I mean, he, he kind of had a, he, he flew away. I, I don't know if he had a, he had a the, his intro as a child, though, was, it still sticks with me. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to pick off his wing. And that would, that, that really, that, even to this day, that's still one of the in all of the X Men movies. That's one of those scenes where then the dad walks in and there's that shame and yeah, that that's really um, yeah, that's really powerful that, that imagery. And, and so I, with this seeing him with the metal wings and I didn't like the look. And there's a lot about the looks yeah. in this movie that we can talk about, but I, I wasn't a big fan of the way he looked in this movie because I would have liked to have seen him look like I like him looking but yeah but seeing him do his thing shooting his blades and he had the blades yeah uh that was that was fun that was that was cool for me who who's your favorite mutant who's your favorite x-man i i always liked hank mccoy i i, I like the idea of being like the the super i, I mean I, I grew up like i was an athlete and so I, I i played sports and whatnot and so the idea of being kind of athletic and brooding and all that kind of stuff and strong but yet also be really smart i just like that balance and uh he was never like featured a lot in in a lot of the, the comic books um, as like the main plotline story, but I was I always liked the idea of him, and um, I like the way that they um, portrayed him in the in the in the um, in the cartoon. And I remember mm-hmm. this one scene yeah. where, they, where he's in the lockup, he's in the jail, and he's hanging upside down, and he's reading a book. I, I just always liked that kind of thing, which is kind of cool. So yeah. I I always I always liked Beast, but you know, like all those kids, you know, oh Wolverine's pretty cool because he has those blades. Um, but yeah, I, I would definitely say Beast. That was my uh, definitely one of my favorites. Uh, Archangel in the cartoon was mm-hmm. pretty much just part of the uh, apocalypse storyline. Yeah, he he wasn't in the um, he wasn't part of yeah he wasn't really part of the story. He got experimented on on the island, and then um, yeah, that's pretty much his. They got so, infected, I think they used it was a virus that they were using, and they like infected him, and he got um, controlled that way. And then, yeah, so that was. Yeah, I, I like the X Men cartoon, but yeah. I always felt let let down 
because of that. It was that. definitely not a, they didn't, they, I mean, it was all, it was, was kind of weird. I mean, especially looking back at it now and it's like Jubilee is like the, one of the main characters. So <laughs> there's definitely <laughs> things that you're like, hmm, uh, okay, I see you're trying to appeal to a younger demographic, but it's like this person's power is it's just like, okay. And she's in this movie too for like a few seconds. I don't so. think I even saw her use her powers in the movie. I don't think, they talked about it, I think, but I don't, yeah, I don't think she used it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, it's actually one of the scenes I was going to mention to you that, I wanted to see the scene where they're in the mall. I just, I don't know. They mentioned it and I thought it would be a funny scene, especially the way they were playing Nightcrawler. I just thought it would have been uh, funny to see him walking around the mall. And then you see him come back at the end. Um, he's in the car and he's wearing the, uh, the thriller jacket. The I don't know if you Jackson noticed that. but jacket. <laughs> yeah. So I just, just like just him going into the store and buying the jacket i was like where's that story i want to see that story you but know what that's, that's part of the three hour cut kind of thing and maybe it's in the deleted scenes yeah the three hour cut the, the super directors uh like they had the rogue edition maybe they'll have the nightcrawler uh, the <laughs> going into the mall edition yeah. where he's uh shopping and he's trying different clothes on and yeah that, that, that i would uh i would definitely have to watch the special edition just to see those those clips and if that exists if it doesn't they need to go and do some reshoots right now because yeah they got to see that well just, let's 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 talk a little bit about the characters then okay, um and so how they use them because nightcrawler I, yeah. I i i bounced back and forth or maybe yeah. i bamped back and forth <laughs> between liking him mm-hmm. and then just he's kind of annoying you know but <laughs> Uh, what's what, let's a, teen, a teenager? Hair. I think all teenagers are kind of annoying. That's uh, that's a true point. Opinion here, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, having been a teenager myself, I can attest to the the annoyingness of of teenagers. Yeah. Having teenagers in my house, I can also attest <laughs> to that. And, um, yeah, he I, there was something to do with the hair. The but I loved that. I mean, he's wearing that thriller jacket. Yeah, but that's his colors. It's definitely his colors, the you black know, and red, yeah. And and so, and I liked. It was a nice, I thought it was a nice touch. I thought it was a nice kind of like good balance between a, a reference, but also kind of also a comic book nod. Yeah, and there were a few things with fashion that I did feel a little bit like like, and this was that was one of them where it's a little yeah. too much of a hey look guys it's the eighties. <laughs> uh, but overall, I think. I like the way they used Nightcrawler and he had a, he had a good arc. Actually, I feel like all of them, and maybe this is, maybe I'll bring this up now. We're going to talk about theme later, but mm-hmm. I feel like every single character in this movie was kind of going through the arc of what Magneto shouted out to God when he was like, is this, uh, is this what you want for me? Is this who, uh, what's he say? Is this who you, is this who I am? That's what it was. Yeah, is this who I am? One. Yeah. And yeah. I think every single character kind of went through a who am I arc. And with Nightcrawler, you didn't get re- a real good feel for who he was before. Yeah. But you did get a – he was definitely the fish out of water. He was in some ways our introductory character who was we, – we could follow him and Scott uh, yeah. in, into this world. You know, We've been there before, but there are people who went and saw this movie who haven't been. Yeah. And I think – I had a, I had the thought a few times early on where I just thought, you know, this feels like we don't need to have seen all the movies to be able to enjoy this one. Uh, but they went to places with like Magneto uh, where they were definitely referencing and they went back to Auschwitz with that. I mean, the first scene of the first movie yeah. was was Auschwitz, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, 
And so to, to go there, um, they went back to the lake and, and the science base there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they were, they were throwing us back at the, that original, uh, movie or, or the original first two, I guess they reference all three of them, but when they reference X three, it was really just to say that movie sucked. <laughs> so, but yeah, uh, it almost, it almost felt like, um, not, not, not trying to get diverted too much again about side plots, but the, um, the events of, of X three where they had the cure and, and, and all of and the registration, it did surprise me a little bit that that was never mentioned at all. Given that they dropped the stadium around the white house in the previous movie. I just thought there'd be some more talk of that on the, there wasn't, there didn't seem to be much of a, a conflict from the human side towards the mutants in terms of registration. Or, well, but that's and, a big difference between these two universes is that yeah. original universe. It's the two thousands. Yeah. When mutants start to be really seen yeah. here, it's 73. And, you know, the technology is not there. And, and I'm sure they're looking for a cure. Um, that's probably some of what's going on at Stryker's base. Yeah. But, I would just think more of the registration side or just trying to get a track of. But anyway, that's just a side issue. But yeah. yeah, well, and there's definitely there's there's lip service being paid to it where they're talking about, you know, the humans just because we're not at war doesn't mean we're at peace. Yeah. Uh, they they still hate us. They're just more polite about it. Yeah, and and that kind of thing. So there's there's definitely lip service to that kind of thing, and probably the the whole mutant quote unquote problem after yeah. after this movie. I mean, yeah, he dropped a stadium around the White House, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, this one we basically destroyed every single coastal city that there is, and yeah. maybe even some of the around the Great Lakes. You know, I mean, there, um, and Cairo, um. Yes. Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Well, anyway, getting back to the characters, yeah, I, I think I agree with you about the um, you know the reintroduction of some of the characters we've seen before, and kind of getting a little bit of their origin and uh, seeing who seeing who they are and questioning what they're what they're all about. I really wish the um, the havoc and the I think I, I I know we were supposed to have a more of an I don't know about if you did or not. I just didn't have quite the the emotional moment. Um, with havoc when when you know when ha- what happened to him at the, in, in the in the mansion, um, I, I probably I would have ca- if I had seen First Class recently. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right because he because I was maybe I was too wrapped up in the 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 cool factor of seeing uh, Quicksilver that um <laughs> it, it I didn't I didn't I didn't that's true. It was like too much of a jarring uh, juxtaposition. I'm not sure if it was that or maybe I'm a cold hearted person, but I just, I just didn't have, I wanted to, I, I, I want to feel like I wanted to have some kind of an emotional moment there. No, but you're right. I mean, we go right from that death, which you don't even know he's dead. Yeah. We're not sure. He could still be alive. I think that's also part of it. I mean, I think it's a, it's a timing. Yeah. It's an editing issue. We don't know that he's dead. Yeah. And all of a sudden we're in this awesome scene with Quicksilver which you know is set to uh, was it sweet? Is it called Sweet Dreams? I think I, I don't know. It's, it's Annie Lennox or whatever the band was that she was yeah. a part of, and it's I think oh, now I'm I'm just throwing out my any, any possible musical credibility that I have if I'm way off. But we'll just say that it was to a a very, uh, a very melodic very eighties uh, song, <laughs> very melodic eighties montage song that he was saving everyone to. Yeah, in a great scene. Yeah, it was uh, great. I was a little worried that it was just going to be a rehash of the original. 
Yeah. Uh, his uh, first scene that he had. And in some ways it is. It's definitely a callback to say, hey, remember you liked this. We're yeah. going to do it again, only it's going to be bigger and, and a little bit funnier and more heroic. And it was all those things. And I was very forgiving. If, if this is just a rehash, I, I do not mind the rehash at all or the callback at all. Um, but it definitely steals away from what Havoc did. Yeah. And then we find out that he's dead because it's all, conf- well, it's confusing for the characters too. Yeah. They don't know who's there, who's accounted for. Uh, he, he thinks he's gotten everyone. Yeah. But then beast says, well, he was closest to the blast. Yeah. And oops, we never saw it happen. They never saw <clears throat> it happen. Yeah. Um, but he's, he's gone. Yeah. It just missed me a little bit. I, 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 I he was a, I mean, he was a good character in the, um, in first class. I think I thought he he had a pretty good, um, he had a pretty good um, character arc in that he was kind of scared to use his power. Yeah. I think in first class, and then he, he he eventually figured out how to hone it and, and, and channel it in. So you did get you did connect to the guy in in a previous movie, um, and then obviously he brings his brother and and so there there's definitely something there. Um, maybe in rewatch it'll it'll stick out more, but it just I, I feel like I I, I miss missed that what could have been a bigger emotional moment it was and, and they i mean they absolutely played it as the heroic death yeah, I mean, definitely. he's he's going after xavier he wants to save xavier yeah. and he's just a little bit too late and yeah. then he accidentally blows up a a warplane yeah that was oops yeah um, but it, like yeah it led to that scene with quicksilver which led to uh scott and them uh escape they i mean scott and gene and nightcrawler all were saved because they were going into the house that's true to you know look for him or yeah and then or mourn him. comes in and they kind of miss that whole blast i don't know what, i don't know what they call that but yeah um let's see so gene who is you know is this who she is um she's fighting her powers you know letting her powers go yeah um, and we find out there's maybe reason to. I mean, they're they're definitely playing with the whole Phoenix thing. Yeah. But hopefully they'll... X, uh, X-Men 2, they referenced Phoenix in, mm-hmm. the, in the end. But X3, uh, I mean, when they actually did the Phoenix saga that they were going to do, wasn't, <laughs> wasn't the greatest. And so... And that's one of the letdowns, is that they were doing such a great... They're referencing such a great movie. Yeah. Uh, or such a great uh, power referencing such a great storyline from yeah. the, the original yeah. comics that, yeah. um, but then they just didn't do it the justice that, you know, maybe the fans felt entitled to. And by fans, I think it's because I they mean haven't, uh, it's not the first time, but I think because they, they haven't really tried to tie like the cosmic power, like they made it too much connected to her only. Uh-huh. There's like less of that mythos. Maybe they could have, they could yarn in some other way. Um, they make it so connected to just like something that's born inside of her. And so something that's attracted to her. So it doesn't give the Phoenix power. I think itself, its own individual, like it's because the Phoenix power itself is almost like a villain, mm-hmm. even though it's, it's like a, it's, it's like a, I, I, I don't, I don't play D and D, but it's kind of like in like one of those like neutral chaos thing or something. I don't know. Like one of the, it's an entity that can cause chaos, but it doesn't maybe doesn't mean to. Yeah. And it, I'm just curious to see where they go with it here because 
It's their second chance. It is. It is. I mean, they have a second chance at everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, and I, I hate to reference back to the cartoon again, but actually the whole entire season three was all about Phoenix, which is kind of, when you look back on it, you're like, oh, that's weird that they spent a whole season on it. <laughs> Compared to in the movies where we probably have only spent maybe less than five, ten minutes on the Phoenix itself, like, just referencing it and thinking about it, but never actually exploring it. Yeah, yeah. Because the Phoenix has, like, almost the similar powers. I, I mean, later storylines when... um. I hear comic talk over here, but like later storylines when they're like, when I think it was like, uh, when, when Cyclops was like, sh- they were sharing it with like him and white queen and they were, they were like sharing it and they were able to like rebuild, um, was it Genosha? I forget which Island there was it Genosha they're on. This is like the X-Men versus, uh, Avengers storyline. Am I, am I referencing that right? I'm not sure. Um, well, anyway, I know that there was a, there was a part where they were, were, where Cyclops is actually sharing it between there's like five of them, I think, and they're sharing the power and they were able to like rebuild things and build and not just, not just about destroy. It's also about building too. They get, <laughs> the power can be used to build. So anyway, uh, well, let's look at the other characters here then. So uh, beast, I, I didn't feel like he had much of an arc here, but he, even he's kind of asking, who am I? He's doing the same thing that the mystique is doing where it's trying to stay looking as human as possible. Yeah, uh, he's doing it with drugs. He's he, he references. I didn't take my medicine. I didn't get a chance to take my medicine. It's a good callback to Days of Future Past too. Yeah, yeah. And Mystique, then she's going around not looking like her mutant self because she doesn't want to be a poster child for what humans are making mutants out to be. Yeah. And who else do we have? Well, Scott Summers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got the biggest earliest question of what am I? Who am I? because he doesn't realize what he has powers. And I felt like that was also kind of a reference. If I remember right, it's been a long time, but it seems like when they did a flashback to his powers activating in the original trilogy, it was at school. And like, I think, I think I actually did it in the uh, X-Men origin movie in the, in the, the X-Men origin Wolverine movie. There was um, when, uh, when they were collecting powers yeah. and, if you remember, like uh, the Deadpool that they created there was shooting lasers out of his eyes because they got the power mm-hmm. from him somehow. I fr- I don't even remember how they were getting powers. I I did that was, of all my rewatch. I didn't watch that one, so <laughs> I, I don't remember how they were. It's not canon now, so who cares, right? But um, well, I think I think it's not canon. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then you want to go to Wolverine because he absolutely was asking, uh, "Who am I? Is this who I am?" Because he, he yeah. lost himself. Didn't even know his name. He had, Jean had to give him his name. So. She she did though, and I almost was waiting for her to say something like, you know, there. Who is that guy? Well, you know, I almost expected her to say something like, when she was in his head, he he knows me. It actually or, makes the whole love triangle thing kind of odd now because she's so young at this moment, and that. But then she hasn't actually started a relationship with um, with Scott yet it's somehow maybe she's implanting almost like an image of herself in his brain that he becomes attracted to later if, if they meet again I don't know maybe they don't they do don't. well we know well, they no, do I mean like I mean in, in the movie if they make another movie and they because they replaced they've replaced the original trilogy so uh, if they you know meet again in, in the 90s I guess or well, 2000s we, we know at least in the 2000s they should meet he's the, at the school and she's yeah. there too but Scott is there too he, yes, he, too. They, I mean, they already erased the whole Scott dying the way he died. Yeah. Which, that really bothered me. But um, that's another bad taste in my mouth for X3. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, 
at some point he's reconnecting or yeah. going to connect for the first time again with them, which speaking of connecting for the first time again, uh, Xavier and Moira, mm-hmm. um, that was a little weird. Uh, it was a little bit and not in the good way, but because taking her memories away wasn't a real cool move in the first place. Yeah. I just had this conversation with some people about Superman, the original Superman movies with Christopher Reeve Yeah, and how in Superman two spoiler but <laughs> Lois Lane finds out who he is. And then they actually decide we're going to have a relationship because she's been in love with Superman, but now she knows he's Clark Kent. And so he embraces being Clark Kent has to let go of his Kryptonian side and at the end, though, he gets his powers back and he needs to be Superman again. And so Lois Lane can't obviously know. I mean, the, you, you can't have someone know your secret identity. So he drugs her orange juice and then kisses her or something like that. I'm trying to remember exactly how that played out. But he steals her memories. And we were just talking about how that's not cool. Yeah. <laughs> not, yeah. Not a cool move. Yeah, there's some, you know, not off, you know, not go off top of it. Definitely things in the news as people doing such things like that. So, yeah, that's not cool at all. Um, yeah, no, that's, uh, it's funny because her, her, her story in the, in the first, um, the first class movie, I thought was, um, was an interesting touch because when you, if, cause I, I did a recent rewatch of X1 and X2. The one thing that's really missing from those movies is actually a human character to act as some kind of representative of what uh-huh. the rest of the humans think. So she, her as a CIA agent kind of helped that a little bit in that movie. But then, so yeah, at the end on the beach when he takes her memories and then here they joke about it and then he gives it, I don't know, he, he gives it back gives to her. gives it back and no consequence. Yeah, no, and again, no consequence. It's just like, ugh, ah, I don't know. You keep coming back to that. Yeah, it's, it's, it, it just is... Ooh, yeah, this movie at the end. Yeah, there's some there's some things we got to think about. Well, let's talk about someone who does get some consequences, and that's Apocalypse. Oh, yes, he does. <laughs> he <laughs> he pays the ultimate price. Um, I we do. Hope. We hope. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't think they're gonna come back to him. They've got more okay. movies they need to do, you know, and, and they've got lots of more stories they can tell. But you know, you, that whole question thing: who is this? Who I am? I mean, he yeah. clearly comes to a point at the end of the movie. I don't think it's until that point, but where he's like, wait, I'm dying. I can't die. <laughs> this isn't, <laughs> wait, is this who I am? Someone who can die? Yeah. Yeah. He's not immortal, not invincible. Um, wants to be. He wants to be God. And he's pretty close to becoming the puppet master for the entire earth. Yeah. But um, then has to confront his own mortality as his, skin is being peeled away from his flesh quite brutally yeah yeah (laughs) no 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 yeah there was definitely no uh they didn't pull any punches there in that scene that's for sure again i i can't believe this got a (laughs) pg-13 yeah because they pulled it all the way down a couple of layers off of the skin i think we even got a little bit of the bone i went to bone yeah 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 so it was was, yeah he was i mean i think i'm pretty sure he's dead but you know (laughs) He did have that mutant rehealing thing. So, I mean, if he's like uh, uh, Deadpool or uh, like Wolverine, if he has like one cell, he can like regrow himself. So I don't know. So Yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that'd be kind of crazy. <laughs> I I can't stand some of the power sets that you end up with with some of these characters where it's just, wait a minute. 
One Act- cell? How's that work? <laughs> Magneto, how yeah. How does he have your memories in one cell? Yeah, but uh, even Magneto in, in First Class, where or no, it was Days of Future Past, where he was using metal to reprogram robots. Oh, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. And so he's not just taking control and, and controlling them like puppets, although maybe he is. He's just he's able to do all that without even I mean, it's subconscious for him. I, I'm pretty sure that um, like the whole idea of calling something Silicon Valley is like it's not really metal. Isn't it supposed to be mostly plastic, like the microchips and things like that? But well, anyway, it's, it's yeah, it's silicon, which I think is, so, is that sand? Yeah, sand. Glass, and, yeah. Kind of glass. Yeah. It makes like a plastic. So I, I don't know how you would uh, reprogram something. It's a hardware versus software. But yeah. So I liked Apocalypse as a villain. There were times when he just felt out of place. And when I say that, I mean, I mean I'm glad they were using a lot of prosthetics and stuff like that, where it was, yeah. it was makeup. But um, I wish they would have augmented his body a little bit or, or made like him, make him taller. Or? Yeah, yeah. Because he's, he's the same height as everyone he's around. Like if he's yeah. standing next to you, he's the same height as you. Yeah. Um. You know, ma- no matter how tall you are. Um. But he definitely feels like and looks like something from the comics, like a human makeup version of the comic character. And yeah. the voice modulation that they did in some scenes that was that was pretty cool. I like that he was calm and quiet, but then every once in a while, when he's making a point, you get a bass. I kind of liked him when he had to like he had to. He was wearing like his uh, Jedi robe yeah, um, yeah. as he was walking in the beginning. I kind of like that look of it. It just kind of adds a more shadow and a mysteriousness to him as he was walking through in the very beginning. The part where it was the most awkward for me was the Auschwitz scene where the, mm. it just, I I don't know, it just it just felt a little bit off. Uh, yeah. and, and you have then something you, that's really real, like very real. Then you have something that, that you know is not real, and you put them together, and it just doesn't quite work. It, it felt like cosplaying, I guess. Yeah, a little bit. Um, and then you have uh, Psylocke there, who she's wearing a very comic book, <laughs> yeah, uh, rendition of her of her costume, and um, yeah, it, it, I guess I think maybe that's it. Is the real, the realness of some of the settings? Yeah. Um. And then the posed, the, the posed feel of when they were on the rocks. Well, don't let Brian Singer hear you say this because he's going to put everyone back in motorcycle jackets. And <laughs> I won't mind that. <laughs> he's going to be like, uh, Ben Avery said they just didn't look real. So I am getting motorcycle jackets in the next movie and everyone will be happy. Um, yeah. There's somewhere in between there. I know <laughs> somewhere in between those two. Um, but I, I liked, you know, Storm. Yeah, you know, she looked good in that, in that she, outfit with that with the mohawk and everything. She did, she did, and and honestly, I liked um, I liked some of the the uniforms that they had going on the, with the flight jacket feel and the the hero shot at the end, especially Nightcrawler. His yeah. his suit at the end looked really like neat. When, they, when they're in the danger room. Yeah, 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 yeah. Those look good. I, I would love to see those in another movie. Um, yeah, but then. It, <laughs> Just kind of getting into now the style side of things, but yeah, there were times when I felt this is nice and grounded and gritty and real, and then there were times where you just that looks so comic book, but it doesn't quite fit the rest of what they've set. And so, I guess I don't know. I, I overall, I enjoyed the movie, but I did find myself 
kind of conflicted about some things where do I like this? <laughs> am I, yeah. Am, do I like the way, you know, weapon X looks? Um, maybe it's cause he was so dry <laughs> or something, but well, he I has think to it, rest when he's not inside the bath. So he has to dry out and yeah, yeah, you have to put yeah. the headgear on that, that can't get wet. So, right. You know, they and, have to give him the brainwashing in there or whatever they're doing. And, uh, <laughs> So he runs off ready for another movie. Yeah. I actually, that was funny when he ran off in, in my theater, he got a big laugh. It was just the way he was running out into the snow. I, I just, people thought that was funny. So yeah. So, sure. and so this is connected tissue between the final scene of days of future past. Yeah. Um, so the question is what happened in between there? Um, but maybe, I mean, they do play up the, the idea that you, Oh, your memory is returned. Good. In, in Days of Future Past. Again, it's been a while since I've seen it, but I, I'm pretty sure that's the way they played that that final you, you, scene. You're talking about in the very, in the, the very, in the very, very final part, scene. Yeah. Final scene when they're in the future. Um, well, the, or the present. Or the, I, yeah. I don't, yeah, sure, the present. <laughs> the present of the X Men that's maybe part of this timeline. I, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I really don't know what universe. I, like when they say <laughs> they're going to make another Wolverine, I don't know which timeline they're in anymore. And I don't know when they would set that. Like, so I think my, my guess is that when they make that next Wolverine movie, it's going to be set in 2017, 2016, whenever it comes out. Wow, I think it's going to be set after days of future past. Yeah. Wow. Epilogue. That, well, that's going to lay some strict canon that they're going to have to then move up to through the 90s and 2000s. That if, if they, they introduce another, there. I don't know, world destroying uh, a supervillain, they might have to explain um, why, how New New York got rebuilt. Um, so, yeah, but that might be a plot point. But they have 20 years, no, 30 <laughs> years. I mean, it's it's, it's 1983 true. all the way up to 2000, what, 14? Yeah. When, when 2015 with Days of Future Past, whenever it came out. Maybe it'll be looked at as a good jobs program and it'll be looked as a positive. <laughs> Everyone will be employed and reconstruction and humanity will unite around it. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Let's, let's rank this. Let's, yeah. let's wrap things up here. Um, we've had I, mean, I feel talking. like I've been really negative on this movie. I didn't really hate this movie. And so I, I just shouldn't, I feel like yeah. I've been writing on the movie the whole time. We, we kind of have been. Yeah. So, but about that. there's some fantastic scenes in there. And, you know, they took a ridiculous concept and I feel like the whole his plot is basically I'm going to destroy the earth and let the strong who survive come with me. And I mean, that's another theme that you've got going on there is the difference between Xavier and Magneto. And the difference is for Xavier, which is interesting because he's I guess, well, I was gonna say he's weak, but he's not. He's his, his body is he's not a strong mutant like Beast, but. His yeah. his brain is the most powerful brain in in the world of of that universe. But you yeah, know when he definitely. when he uh, perverts the message from mm-hmm. from Apocalypse and says you know into the strong, protect the weak, protect the weak. Yeah. You know which is it's interesting when you bring in the whole idea that this is you know mutants are the next step of human evolution or whatever, and you know the survival of the fittest idea, but Xavier's ideals and worldview is you know, not survival of the fittest, the fittest protect the less fit. Like that's what we're here to do. We're, we're, we have these powers. We're going to use them to protect the people who need our protection. And um, that's, that's definitely at play here where you have apocalypse. Who's the ultimate ideal of 
you know what? Only the strong survive. And guess who's going to be the really strong? Me. <laughs> and I'll <laughs> let some of you guys survive and come be with me, but you're going to be serving me. Yeah. Uh, because I'm stronger than you. But. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the only thing, too, about the Xavier plot is, you know, we're about to rank the movies. One one thing when you if you when you when you watch the movies again, it, it, because they didn't really they've never really given a good um, human positive storyline. It's always like you know Auschwitz or like it's Strucker, or mm-hmm. it's someone trying to manipulate or kill all the mutants. There really is never like you never get the sense that in this universe that humanity is very good. Like either just like on two strata, there's like the humans who who are the good humans. We only want to tag you and monitor every one of your movements. On the bad side, we want to kill you or enslave you, and that's pretty much the only humans we have in this in this universe. So it's like, who are you fighting for, Xavier? It's like, like maybe Magneto's right. So at the end of it, you're sort of like, maybe Magneto is actually not a villain. He's actually an antihero. Um, I definitely think they're the trying that. Thing, yeah. When you see the whole thing play out over all of these movies, it, that's kind of where um, where everything sort of lies. I'm like. Okay, well, anyway, it's a good ideal for for Xavier to have, no doubt. But. It's 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 heroic. I mean, the yeah, you know, the the idea of do the right thing even when it's the it's the hard thing to do. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, and and the X Men that's always been about you know protecting a world that doesn't that fears them. Fears them. Yeah. Yeah, and and helping the a world that wants to destroy them or or yeah. imprison them or just register them so they can make sure. It would just be nice to have one nice human being that which shows up in the universe that, oh, hey, it's like Xavier's buddy. Like, it's just his drinking pal. I don't know. Like, You got Moira in there. Yeah, yeah, but then she, he kind of brainwashed her. So I, I uh, <laughs> so kind of messed that one up. Good job, Xavier. But um, yeah, <laughs> you're one friend. You're one friend in this world, and you had to steal her brain. <sighs> but I, I, oh, the other, oh, here's another positive. I loved the psychic plane battle yeah that was really cool uh i hope to me i think that's probably the best one of the best things in the whole movie yeah that i i'm trying to remember it seems like i read a comic once where they did that where they just said you know you can't see this because it's just happening between two brains but it's a it's a huge battle trust us and it's just showing like xavier sweating and someone else sweating and (laughs) and then the battle's over but um that's the kind of thing here i mean it's all taking place within their heads yeah and and I love the way that they bounce between the final battle, the battle scene mm-hmm. uh, in the real world, and then in the the psychic plane. And yeah, Apocalypse definitely knows how to multitask. I could not have a astral plane battle and also fight off a uh, storm and, and Cyclops. That is some major skills. That's some major multitasking. Well, I can accept it with him. With Magneto, when he was doing some of the things he did. In like Days of Future Past, I, I was I had a hard time accepting that. Like when he yeah. was stitching his head, yeah, he's you know he's just he's got a needle floating. He's watching TV. He's stitching his head. And he's cleaning a gun or something like that. He's doing all those things at the same time. He's kind of like he's just a regular guy. He's just he was reading the manual to take over the the um, the Sentinels. I think that's what the other thing he was doing. Yeah, he had like, the TV on. He had the the manual to the Sentinels, and he was also uh, doing some minor surgery. You know, so. he he's just a normal. Like I always. And maybe I'm bringing my own bias into it. I always kind of saw Xavier and Magneto as uh, Xavier is all about the mind or yeah. the soul or whatever it is. Uh, so he's he's all about that kind of unseen part of of humanity, the, the, that spiritual side of humanity. Magneto yeah. manipulates Earth. I mean, he's literally 
mm. part of the physical realm. Yeah. And and he can manipulate the physical. And that I've always seen them as, you know, kind of the brain and brawn, Superman, Luthor, uh, Magneto and, and Xavier. And so maybe I'm bringing too much into that, but I just I can't I don't see Magneto as the super genius. Apocalypse? Dude's yeah. a god who's lived a thousand lives. He's, so, he had a, he had a couple at least a couple of empires. So yeah, he's probably he's probably pretty good at people management. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. I I, I can accept that he can multitask. Oh, I I was only bringing up in jest. Yeah. I wasn't saying as a criticism of the movie. I just thought it was pretty cool that he was he was <laughs> able to do that. And, and you did get your giant. You did get your giant apocalypse in that scene. That is true. Of, he he was, went he went giant and uh, and he looked cool. I mean, I I liked the juxtaposition cool. there. I almost wish they just could have. He could have just done that in the maybe in the final battle. That would have been maybe switched it or something. I don't know. But I guess it makes you know him sense in in, in, the, in the astral plane to be able to go giant and dominate um, physically in a in a mental sense. Yeah, yeah. So and that's where you get the the phoenix stuff. And that effect was cool. I was waiting for it because I'm watching. I'm thinking that doesn't look like a it doesn't look like a bird yet. It doesn't look like <laughs> a bird yet. Ah, there it is. Finally at the end. Yeah. So, yeah, and she kind of had a little levitation there too. So the kind of hint to some of her powers. I know, like you know, they have her in the in the comic a lot, where she 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 could float and she could fly. Yeah. So you haven't seen a lot of uh, flying. You haven't had any anybody flying really in in the X Men universe, where without wings, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Storm a little bit using the wind. A little bit, yeah, a little bit. But it's always brief. It's never. And then Magneto. Yeah, but he, they only showed it once briefly where he was hovering on, uh, I think, on a plate uh, when he was escaping. But they never, they didn't really showed him use it too much in a battle. Or, no, not is, not like not like a flying battle, like a super. Yeah, kind of yeah, thing. and that, I mean, to me, that's really iconic of him in the when you see him in the comic books where he's like kind of floating above the battle and everyone's trying to attack him, and he has kind of the high grounds and he's able to move everything. And, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, well, let's let's rank this then. First of all. Do you recommend the movie? Do you do you feel like it's a it's a movie you would tell your friends? Hey, yeah, go see. I think if it, it I think it, I have to know my friend. If my friend really likes to see the the special effects side and and is a fan of X Men broadly, but maybe doesn't think too deeply about the X Men, um, I would definitely recommend that. Um, but I think that, I think we're all spoiled by the MCU in terms of like that's the problem. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to say, like you know, because there's just there's something there. Like the definitive X movie could have been made in this movie. There's no reason that um, Apocalypse can't be like their Thanos, where you you have like because uh, the one of the things about that's cool about uh, Apocalypse is the Four Horsemen and their their abilities, which is you know like the famine and the death. Yeah, and yeah. Like you could have set that up, like oh, there's a famine happening in like two movies ago, and there's a a war being started over here, and then you find out, oh my gosh. Uh, you know, Magneto was behind that war, and he was the you know the, he was the war. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I, I I don't know. That's getting too outside of what is presented on on the film. So I think in the film itself, just like Days of Future Past, um, and um, and First Class, it actually forms a, a nice a nice trilogy. And so I think if you like those other two movies, there's no reason why you wouldn't like this movie. And um, all the things that I nitpicked about are just you know kind of off on the side tangent thinking too much about this movie and thinking about morality and other things that maybe aren't really we're supposed to care about. I mean, I care about it, but maybe we as an audience that they, what they created for are not supposed to care about. Well, the, the good guy morality 
is definitely there for you to think about. I think that they want you thinking about the good guys and their tough choices with their moral quandaries. And they want you to think about Magneto's moral quandary, but the consequences aren't there. Yeah. And yeah. and that's that's the the negative, which I hadn't really thought about the the idea of it and, until you brought it up. Like, yeah, yeah, he definitely was a willing instrument in the death yeah. of at least hundreds of thousands. Yeah, and we, we didn't even talk about it, which I really hate it was the fact that they gave him a family merely just to kill it. Um But that really, that's a comic book thing, isn't it? I know it's I know it's a trope and it's a plot device that many things use, but that Phrygian of uh, characters, I I it's just kind of uh Oh, well, I mean it makes sense. It, it makes sense in the movie. Anyway, it's just me. So Well, and that gave him the reason to Definitely motivation for sure. The motivation to go as crazily oh, yeah. evil as he did. Oh, yeah. yeah, he went off the he he if it happened that way, and it did in the movie, so it, it definitely made sense. It, it all made logic sense. There's nothing. There's nothing in there that didn't like. Oh, there's a plot hole. It's none of that kind of thing. It's more of a, of a uh, a movie fan kind of thing that I think some people, if they see that and they see that that, because those, those type of things, I you know, when you when you're on Twitter or you're somewhere else and you hear people complain about it, like if you're that kind of a person, you're gonna not like that as the motivation. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it's like you know to kill someone who who didn't exist in any other form before that, just to have a plot point. Well, I think he had a wife and daughter that were killed in the comics. Oh, you know, there was definitely in the, in the comic book, he's had, he's had family. So it's, it's not like it's made up. It's just in this movie sense that I'm saying, not not necessarily. This this is new. Yeah. Uh, This is not something that was in, uh, you know, like in, Days of Future Past, you know, at the end he was, you know, he was dating somebody. Oh, I guess he couldn't date him. He was in a prison. So, yeah, I mean, he was in the bottom of the <laughs> Pentagon. So yeah. he wasn't, there was no, uh, there was no e-dates going on or anything like that. So, uh, and, and I would agree, this is not as universal as the MCU movies. Yeah. I, I, I feel, I feel like this is another strong episode in a series yeah you know and and so you have all these x-men movies and this is one of them you know like like that could be my review (laughs) in some ways and and i liked it i'll watch it again i'm not super excited about watching again like i can't wait to see this again like i was with say winter soldier yeah or or even guardians of the galaxy um where i I just i wanted to see it again you know i wasn't necessarily going to turn around and see it the next day but with this, I'm going to wait. I'll see it again. Um, but probably I'll see it again as part of a marathon. Yeah, I kind of feel this way. I, the way I feel about this movie is the way I feel about like Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, it's a good movie. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but you feel no. like it's, it's just not quite, I don't know. I, I, that's the way I feel about it. So. This is just not as recommendable. Like I'm, I'm imagining some of the friends that I've had conversations with where on the weekend of a movie, they'll come to me because they know I've seen it. You know, and yeah, they'll say, yeah. so what'd you think? So what'd you think? Or they'll track me down after they've seen it because they know I'm into this. And, and, yeah. the, and this one, I don't see a lot of them seeing it so they can track me down later uh, because, and I'll be interested to see how the box office plays out for the weekend. But, yeah. um, but I also see them coming to me and saying, Hey, what is this something we should go and see in the theater? Eh. Yes or no? I mean, it, did you like the other X Men movies? I think that's that's going to be my answer. 
Um, I think if you specifically, if you like um, First Class and you like Days of Future Past, I, I think this movie is it. It fits in that in those three movies. Absolutely. And, like, it is, and it, it definitely bookends it, and it says like this is a complete story in a way. I mean, maybe you don't sat, you're not satisfied with that story. Maybe it's not the story you would tell. But it is a story. They call back so much to first class in this movie, too. And there's a lot of there's a lot of you know, especially when the when uh, he's having his flashbacks and of when he was getting t- taken over and, and he's going through the training mm-hmm. where they you know where they kill his mom and he gets his powers unleashed. So there's a lot of that stuff there, and there's a lot of good stuff in the movie. It just it doesn't all quite it doesn't all quite work right. I don't know. It's not perfect. Yeah, it's not perfect. It's but not it's perfect. Not, it's, it's, it's 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 it's. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's a bunch of x-men movies and this is one of them yeah um so let's rate it though let's let's rank yeah. these yeah. and and you know what's your favorite x-men movie now is uh, yeah. I'll, I'll go first my my yeah. favorite x-men movie is still first class okay and my second favorite is probably i'll go with uh days of future past and then X Men Two and the original X Men. I'm trying to think of where I mean, X Men you know, Origins Wolverine. Yeah, and the Wolverine is decent. I don't know if I'd put it above uh, X Two. That would probably be between X Men and X Two. Um, this movie, yeah. So Days of Future Past. Okay, so number one. First class, number two, Days of Future Past, number three, X2, and then number four would be this one, tied with the original X Men movie. Okay. I think they're they're kind of par. They're 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 par together. Yeah, yeah. And then you have the Wolverine, which I liked. Um, and then you have X three and X Men Origins Wolverine, which X Men Origins Wolverine, if it was just the opening credit sequence, would be up there number two or three, but. <laughs> but then they continued making more of a movie. So, yeah, that opening sequence is pretty amazing. Even and I now. haven't, yeah, I haven't seen Daredevil or Daredevil. I haven't seen Deadpool, so I don't know where I would put that. But. Okay, yeah, I've seen Deadpool. I, I'm not going to rank it since you didn't see it. So, okay, so, so where, where would you? I, go I don't with really this? consider it that much of an X Men movie. So, anyway, um, I would actually put uh, Days of Future Past. Uh, Days of Future Past. Even all of the things I complained about time travel, I, I really like that movie. I like that movie a lot. Uh, and there is all those problems with the Sentinels and all of that, but as a movie, I, I think it works really well. It has its own logic and it fulfills its own logic, and it, it works good. Um, I would put X two second, and then I would put First Class. This is the hard part. Is this one better than X Men? I would probably put this one. I put X Men, and then and then Apocalypse. Um, and I guess uh, what I'm left with uh, the Wolverine, yeah. and then. Uh, Wolverine Origin. So I, I and then X three is that at the bottom of your list? Yeah, unfortunately, yes. I well, let's see. Hmm. Let's do let's do X three and then and then X Men and then and X Men Origin. Yeah. yeah. And X Men X Men three. Oh gosh, I just saw that too. It's actually not as horrible until the very last scene, which. Hmm. There's. I don't know if you want to talk about it, but I was just like, <laughs> I really. <laughs> The, the the fact that he sent anyway, I don't know if you want to have a for, on that. for X three. There's a couple things in it that I really really liked, but yeah. then there is just enough stuff that I'm just shaking my head. Yeah, and and just look, watching and saying, you know, I know what they're trying to do here, and usually I'm pretty forgiving when I can see what they're trying to do. 
Yeah. Even if they don't hit it perfectly. Yeah. Um, I can appreciate the intent. And for X3, I saw the intent and I'm just, ah. And then the scene, you know, Rogue, her whole plot in that movie just kind of goes against yeah. everything about her, you know, and, and they don't get to really explore that other than Days of Future Past. They bring her back and, hey, she's got her powers again, you know, so something what happened. It, what makes it worse is that she doesn't, she's not even going to be able to date Bobby because now she, he's with Paige. Aren't, um, yeah, so he, they, they, he's not even, they're not even a couple anymore. Yeah. So it seemed like that would have, that was kind of her motivation to have human contact, but yeah. But then they kind of took that away from her. So, and I, I think the Wolverine movie, um, I put it, I put it there just because, like, I think it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a movie that fits in and it works and it's, it's fun and, um, it's actually separate from everything else. So it doesn't have any of those problems, the continuity, and I think it works as a movie. So, um, I actually kind of like that movie. No, I, I like it. It's just low yeah. on the list, and, and that's yeah. where this movie here. I like it, but it's yeah. middle. I mean, it's, it's, it's yeah. a good, it's a solid entry in the series. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, if there were more movies, this would probably be higher as far as like, you know, closer to the front. If there were like 12 of these, yeah, you know, there'd be others that would be more lumped in the middle that would make this feel like it was better than it is. But the, the ones that I like, I like so much because they're, yeah. to me, they're so good. And this yeah. one is good. It, yeah. You know, it doesn't get the so from me. <laughs> I think one of the problems of having the um, the continuity and them trying to maintain it, it's it's, it's like they've because the things that they did in the earlier movies, they have to maintain it. Like obviously with uh, Mystique, they um, they overpowered her too much in the first X Men movie. They made her a really good fighter, and yeah, she, yeah. She, and and it, I, I guess they probably did it because they wanted to amalgamate her. And instead of having a whole brotherhood of evil mutants in that first movie where they had a bunch of characters, they probably just kind of made her like all of these have all these traits. But unfortunately, they made her so central. Now all the movies are about her. And I just, it's one of the things that holds back um, First Class and holds back um, Apocalypse. Like, nothing against the actresses that have played uh, Mystique, but just her character, it's just a little too central to everything. And she's, you know, so powerful compared to, I mean, she's really supposed to just kind of be a spy and an infiltrator, Mm -hmm. which, you know, she's a, highly skilled fighter and everything that you need her to be whenever you need her to be in the movie. Yeah. So, but, um, but yeah, so yeah, I think that's how I'll rank it. All right. Well, you have any, yeah. any final words, anything you want to cover that you haven't had a chance to, I mean, we've, we've gone on, so yeah. there, there's lots more we could talk about. And, and if you're listening right now, uh, and you're thinking, you, you, you didn't you talk about this. Well, let us know. And, and, you have the opportunity call us, you know, you can, you can talk about it and we will play it in a feedback episode, probably this summer. I think that's how it's going to play out as far as what feedback is going to be coming from, from the listeners. From I think the one thing I think one thing we, we didn't really talk about that I want to say is that, um, most of the things that I criticize about this movie and I had criticism against any of the X-Men movies is mostly about feeling and character and, and what, something that was portrayed on screen made me feel and like, and it, and it rubbed me the wrong way or whatever. But the thing I want to praise for Brian Singer is that having him back in helm of these movies, you can definitely tell there's a skill level and uh, artistry to his storytelling that he definitely, while you may not agree with the logic that he uses or the reasoning, it does fit together in the way that he wants it to fit together. So it's it, definitely it, consistent. 
it's consistent. There's an internal consistency to the logic. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I think, I think a lot of problems with X3 fell apart. Like, there is logic and there's those things there, but there's like a, maybe the direction of, of the storytelling wasn't there. I don't, that's not a problem in, in, in Brian Singer's movie. It's mostly just the other stuff that I have a problem with. I think he tells a very good story in the, in the movies that he's made. You can tell like, that's a, that's an expert storyteller. He knows how to craft a visual, um, you know, going back to the fight in X, the opening X2, uh, the two Quicksilver scenes we've seen, like he knows how to stage like all of this complicated characters and, and all these different settings and he's able to, you know, show you a story. So there's definitely skill there and, and it's yeah. worth seeing. I, I, I hate to say don't see it, but yeah. I, I, I agree with you that there there's, he, I mean, he, he makes things that feel of a time. He, yeah. these period pieces are very, it's very interesting with, with this, this one in particular being in the eighties and, uh, when when you had mentioned the changes now, um, yeah. with the, of the world having gone through what it went through, um, yeah. I mean they've basically had a couple nine elevens now. If you want to, you know, go to yeah. that that uh, yeah. reference, probably, that's a reference. Yeah. If they do nineteen ninety three, or or whatever, yeah. Yeah. Um, with this movie and the previous ones, they've been able to play on the fears and the anxieties that were happening of the time. I mean, this one, the nuclear stuff. You know, with yeah. with the all the warheads and stuff that were launched into space. I mean, he he destroyed single handedly the arms race that yeah. was going yeah. on between the two superpowers. Yeah, and it's just done. You know, what does that world look like? There's some interesting and cool what ifs. Yeah, definitely. that can come out of this that we'll never get to see. <laughs> you know, <laughs> even, even if they do do a single movie that takes place yeah. in the 90s, we're not going to see all the stuff that took us yeah. to that place because yeah. uh, there's some they have to rebuild. Um, I mean, honestly, the sequel to this could feel like the the trailer I just saw, you know, for uh, Independence Day Resurgence, where it's <laughs> yeah. like yeah, we've yeah. rebuilt our world now and. It's 2016, but it's super different from what you you they're, lived. They're, yeah, they're going to elect President Bill Pullman, and uh, yeah, they're going to yeah. rebuild after uh, Magneto destroyed everything. <laughs> yeah. So, I think from here it's time for us to uh, to say goodbye. Definitely. So, yeah. It's been fun. This has been fun. Yeah. Thank you for for coming, Ben, and uh, appreciate uh, you taking the time to to talk with me about geeky stuff and. Your Twitter again is at Ben Marvels at Marvel, and the the second at is spelled out A T, but um, Ben Marvels at Marvel. Oh, it's actually it's actually at Marvels at Marvels at Marvel. Yeah, Ben Ben Marvels at Marvels. You can also find me by searching, but oh, okay. uh, actual Twitter is at at Marvels at Marvel. And also this Tuesday, I don't think I don't know if you're going to post it that fast, but this Tuesday and every Tuesday throughout the hiatus, what we're going to try to do is have a uh, we're going to do live tweets for. Um, for Agents of Shield, starting from season one. Oh, okay. So if, if anyone is interested, who's a Agents of Shield fan, um, you know, just we're, we're calling it uh, Agents of Spoilers. So we're going full spoilers, starting from season one, uh, episode one, and we're going to do two episodes, starting at uh, six p.m. on the West Coast and nine p.m. on the East Coast. So that's that way. All right, cool. So if anyone's interested in joining in on that, um, you know, look for us on Tuesday Tuesday nights. So we're going to try to kind of try to do it every week. And I think season three, uh, Agent Shield is going to post sometime in in June. We're going to try to 
we'll try to fit in season three before season four starts. But I just want to try to get people excited for the keep you know keep excitement for the show and uh, try to get the numbers up for season four so we can get a season five. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you know I think there's there's still some good storytelling there, and uh, I like to see more uh, secret uh, secret warriors. And I, I know uh, well, I, maybe I shouldn't do all the spoilers. People not. We're not watching Agents of Shield, but yeah, you know, not having some characters on the show next season, and there's some new ground that they're going to cover, and who's the, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a, there's a big who question. A lot of who's going on in, for next season, but I want to see season five. I want to I want to see this thing keep going because the MCU need uh, even if the MCU doesn't acknowledge it, the MCU definitely needs Agents of Shield to to tell all these gritty uh, side stories because. People like me will complain that they're not included in whatever MCU movies involved. And uh, I got to say, if, if you had to have Captain America Civil War and had to spend 10 or 15 minutes to explain what's happening on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the world of you know, what's going on there, that's got to cost a couple of million dollars. So just throw that money to ABC, let them make some <laughs> episodes, and uh, save some people some expo- uh, you know, exposition-laden um, pros in the movie side that people seem to hate and just keep that going on the tv side and uh, let's have some more seasons because they 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 do all that um that world building that um that i love so i just want to see more seasons yeah me too yeah me too plus then i get more podcasts so don't 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 discount that i get i get to hear (laughs) I get to hear da- the real Daniel, not the fake Daniel or the fake Evan. Is that I don't know. If, am I the fake Evan? I don't really know. Yeah. So are fake. you the low rent TV Evan? I, I really at this point I think I'm like the knockoff. The knockoff uh, Evan, who's a low rent TV Daniel. Daniel, I think that's where we're so, at at this point. And if someone else yeah. comes to replace me, I, I you're gonna have to get real creative with the description. Or or, or maybe you just other Ben. Uh, other Ben works. <laughs> yeah. I, it's 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 more elegant. It's yeah. More elegant. Yeah. It's definitely more elegant. So, well, thanks again. And to everyone who's listening right now, I want to say thank you for listening. Thank you for um, putting those earbuds into your ear holes, for putting the earphones on, for putting us on your car speakers. Really, what I'm saying is thank you for letting me in. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling one 55 level 7 You can also join the lively conversation going on at facebook.com slash welcometolevel7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're level7pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. And once again, thanks for listening.